From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. The Environmental Protection Agency tried to strike a compromise setting mandates for the use of ethanol and other renewable fuels next year. But that balancing act has instead angered both supporters and opponents of the federal renewable fuel standard who are expected to file lawsuits when the rules are printed. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by CQ reporter Ellen Ferguson. So the EPA for the first time is scaling back the overall yearly mandates while saying it wants continued growth in alternative fuel production. How can it do both? Well, what the EPA did is they set multi-year mandates that are below the level set in statute. But each year, the amounts grow. So that's how they're trying to strike the balance and saying that they provide incentive to producers um, to produce and for refiners to make use of those products. Um, it's not exactly a, a good sell at this point. People are still mulling it over. But they were able to get sort of a split um, reaction, divided reaction from ethanol producers themselves. And, for example, there are other categories of renewable fuels such as biodiesel. And biodiesel seems to be fairly happy with what the EPA did for it. So that's where they're looking for it. They believe they've struck a balance in which they can still encourage investors to put money into uh, new plants and encourage uh, uh, technology to develop uh, a broader array of renewable fuels. Yeah, EPA officials say that over time consumers will see more and more choice in the available renewable fuels. But the government's also trying to balance requirements Congress wrote into law, 15 billion gallons in the case of ethanol, with market realities, right? That, that is correct. And what Congress envisioned when it initially uh, wrote the legislation, they did a, a, a bill in 2005, followed up with a, a bill in 2007. Both of them became law. The 2007 law expanded the renewable fuel standard. But it was written at a time when there were predictions that we were going to be, we would never be able to increase our domestic um, oil production, that um, OPEC might squeeze us out time of very dire energy predictions. So the goal was to sort of build a domestic uh, pool of transportation fuels and to encourage their growth. In the intervening years, we've uh, had fracking, which has in dramatically increased the amount of domestic oil production. Um, we have um, developed more fuel-efficient vehicles so that we can go further with less gas. So you, the pool of gasoline, which is the base for most of the transportation fuels, has actually kind of shrunk with, um, with demand. Demand has gone down. We're producing more than enough to meet demand. And the biofuels, particularly ethanol, have to be mixed into the gasoline. And we generally drive around with a mix of 10% ethanol, 90% gasoline. Um, and if EPA stuck with what's written in the statutes, either we're going to have see a higher percentage of ethanol in our gasoline, 15%, um, which EPA has approved, but which is not widely available, or higher than that, where there's some question about what effect it would have on engines, car engines, um, equipment, uh, motors. It's just sort of an unexplored territory, um, and EPA doesn't want to go there before it has more information. 
Of course, a major focus, as you said, is corn ethanol, which is very, very important to farm state lawmakers. Uh, if you're a farmer or if you're a politician from Iowa or somewhere else in the Corn Belt, how are you feeling about next year's targets? Well, um, what EPA released um, earlier this week um, were multi-year uh, mandates from 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017 for uh, biodiesel. The requirements are late, so you're a little miffed about that. Um, that can be made up by credits that some of the refiners hold. But you're questioning where, where the administration is going with this. And you're also wondering what kind of foundation they may be laying for an incoming administration to follow. The reaction has been mixed. There's been some outrage. There's been some sort of, um, you know, kind of muted responses. People go through the details to make sure to determine just how this will affect them uh, and affect their areas. EPA says this offers an opportunity to um, to actually build for a more robust renewable fuel production. I think people are going through it by and large to try and figure out if EPA knows what it's talking about, if the pieces fit together, and if that's a proper interpretation. It will probably take them a little while to arrive at that. Um, so I, I think by and large, um, after the initial outrage, many are just trying to figure out exactly what this means. Now, the oil industry, which is certainly no fan of the renewable fuel standard, says the EPA is relying on unrealistic increases in the sale of higher ethanol fuel blends, despite the fact that most cars can't use them. That's true. Um, and uh, the American Petroleum Institute, which represents the oil industry and which has been very active on this, will continue to press Congress to either greatly modify the uh, renewable fuel standard or to repeal it. But this has been an ongoing battle for a number of years. Um, API has allies among the um, livestock industry because the livestock industry believes that the government-created um, demand for corn has led to increased cost for animal feed. And keep in mind, this is corn not that we eat. This is corn that you um, make into animal feed. It's not the summer corn. Um, and I think that's sometimes what people get confused about. So it hits their bottom line. Um, the National Restaurant Association also has joined in calling for changes because, you know, it affects their meat cost. And then you have some of the environmental groups who are arguing that um, EPA got it wrong in their initial calculations as to how much of a reduction in greenhouse gases renewable fuels would, would produce, particularly ethanol. So they're going to continue to press for this. But right now, um, until I think probably the 2016 elections, we're kind of at a, at a, at a stalemate. Um, this has been going on for a long time. They've been pressing. They've gotten hearings on the Hill. But nothing has changed. Um, they haven't been able to advance the idea of repealing the RFS. However, I think right now the ethanol people in particular may be feeling that they really cannot count on Congress to um, uh, expand their reach. They're playing sort of defense at this point. Now, House Energy and Commerce Chairman Fred Upton of Michigan, who has jurisdiction over biofuels policy, says the renewable fuel law needs to be changed. He's from an auto state. Could this set off one of those nice regional parochial skirmishes we're all familiar with? Well, those skirmishes have been going on for some time. Uh, one thing that struck me about uh, Chairman Upton's um, statement 
was that he's, he also kind of put a caveat there, that they have to consider what the effects of changing the renewable fuel standard might mean from the parties who've become, um, uh, who rely on it, the farmers, um, the um, infrastructure, and others. So it would be, he seems to be advocating sort of a, um, a thoughtful change. Um, Energy and Commerce has had hearings in the past on this, um, as there have been hearings held in the Senate. So it's unclear about exactly how far this is going to go, but uh, the one thing I think we can be certain of is that the regional skirmishes are not going to end. They may t- intensify, but they are not going to end. CQ reporter Ellen Ferguson on the tricky task of setting targets for renewable fuels. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now, and you can download our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud.